Section twenty nine of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume eight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume eight, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton, eighteen twenty one through eighteen ninety section twenty nine when it was the eight hundred and fifty-sixth night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that when masrur saw the vision of zayn al-mawasif and felt her embrace he joyed with passing joy as soon as he awoke he sought her house but finding it empty and void he fell down a swoon and when he came to himself he recited these couplets fro them in hail i sent of otar and of ban so fair with heart which ecstasies of love unman i'd heal thy longings love-sick lover by return to sight of beauty void sans friend or mate to scan but still it sickeneth me with parting's ban and bane minding mine olden plight with friend and partisan when he had made an end of these verses he heard a raven croak beside the house and wept saying glory be to god the raven croaketh not save over a ruined homestead then he moaned and groaned and recited these couplets what ails the raven that he croaks my lover's house hard by and in my vitals lights a fire that flameth fierce and high for times now past and gone i spent in joyance of their love with love my heart hath gone to waste and i sore pain aby i die of longing love and love still in my liver raging and wrote to her but none there is who with the writ may hide ah well away for wasted frame hath fared forth my friend and if she will o nights return oh would that thing wot ay then ho thou breeze of east and thou by morn ere visit her greet her from me and stand where doth her tribe encamped lie now zayn al-mawasif had a sister by name nasim the zephyr who stood espying him from a high place and when she saw him in this plight she wept and sighed and recited these couplets how oft bewailing the place shall be this coming and going while the house bemoaneth its builder with tear flood ever a-flowing here was bestest joy ere fared my friend with the caravan highing and its dwellers and brightest suns ne'er seized in its walls a-glowing where be those fullest moons that here were always arising bedimmed them the shafts of days their charms of spirit unknowing leave then what is past of the fair thou wast ever with love espying and look for haply the days may restore them without foreshowing for hadst thou not been its dwellers had never departed flying nor hadst thou seen the crow with ill-omened croak a-crying masrur wept sore hearing these verses and apprehending their significance now nasim knew that which was between him and her sister of love and longing ecstasy and passion so she said to him allah upon thee o masrur away from this house lest any see thee and deem thou comest on my account indeed thou hast caused my sister quit it and now thou wouldst drive me also away thou knowest that but for thee the house would not now be void of its dwellers so be consoled for her loss and leave her what is past is past when he heard this he wept bitterly and said to her o nasim 
if i could i should fly for longing after her so how can i be comforted for her quoth she thou hast no device save patience and quoth he i beseech thee for allah's sake write me a writ to her as from thyself and get me an answer from her to comfort my heart and quench the fire in my vitals she replied with love and gladness and took ink-case and paper whilst masrur began to set out to her the violence of his longing and what tortures he suffered for the anguish of severance saying this letter is from the lover despairing and sorrowful the bereaved the woeful with whom no peace can stay nor by night nor by day but he weepeth copious tears alway indeed tears his eyelids have ulcerated and his sorrows have kindled in his liver a fire unsated his lamentation is lengthened and restlessness is strengthened and he is as he were a bird unmated while for sudden death he awaiteth alas my desolation for the loss of thee and alas my yearning affliction for the companionship of thee indeed emaciation hath wasted my frame and my tears a torrent became mountains and plains are straitened upon me for grame and of the excess of my distress i go saying still cleaves to this homestead mine ecstasy and redoubled pine for its dwellers i dree and i send to your quarters the tale of my love and the cup of your love gave the cup-boy to me and for faring of you in your farness from home my wounded lids are from tears ne'er free o oh, thou leader of litters turn back with my love for my heart redoubleth its ardency greet my love and say him that naught except those brown red lips deals me remedy they bore him away and our union rent and my vitals with severance shaft shot he my love my love and my longing to him convey for of parting no cure i see i swear an oath by your love that i will keep pact and covenant faithfully to none i'll incline or forget your love how shall love-sick lover forgetful be so with you be the peace and my greeting fair in letters that perfume of musk-pod bear her sister nasim admired his eloquence of tongue and the goodliness of his speech and the elegance of the verses he sang and was moved to ruth for him so she sealed the letter with virgin musk and incensed it with nod scent and ambergris after which she committed it to a certain of the merchants saying deliver it not to any save to zayn al mawasif or to her handmaid hubbub now when the letter reached her sister she knew it for masrur's dictation and recognized himself in the grace of its expression so she kissed it and laid it on her eyes whilst the tears streamed from her lids and she gave not over weeping till she fainted as soon as she came to herself she called for pen-case and paper and wrote him the following answer complaining the while of her desire and love-longing and ecstasy and what was hers to endure of pining for her lover and yearning to him in the passion she had conceived for him and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the eight hundred and fifty-seventh night she pursued it hath reached me o auspicious king that zayn al-mawasif wrote the following reply to masrur's missive this letter to my lord and master i indite the king of my heart and my secret sprite indeed wakefulness agitateth me and melancholy increaseth on me and i have no patience to endure the absence of thee o thou who excellest sun and moon in brilliancy desire of repose despoileth me and passion destroyeth me and how should it be otherwise with me seeing that i am of the number of the dying 
o glory of the world and ornament of life she whose vital spirits are cut off shall her cup be sweet to quaff for that she is neither with the quick nor with the dead and she improvised these couplets and said thy writ o masrur stirred my sprite to pine for by allah all patience and solace i time when i read thy scripture my vitals yearned and watered the herbs of the world these eyne on night's wings i'd fly and a bird and sans thee i weep not the sweets of wine life's unlawful to me since thou farest far to bear parting love is no force of mine then she sprinkled the letter with powder of musk and ambergris and having sealed it with her signet committed it to a merchant saying deliver it to none save my sister when it reached nasim she sent it to masrur who kissed it and laid it on his eyes and wept till he fell into a trance such was their case but as regards the jew he presently heard of their correspondence and began again to travel from place to place with zayn al mawasif and her damsels till she said to him glory to god how long wilt thou fare with us and bear us afar from our homes quoth he i will fare on with you a year's journey so no more letters may reach you from masrur i see how you take all my monies and give them to him so all that i miss i shall recover from you and i shall see if masrur will profit you or have power to deliver you from my hand then he repaired to a blacksmith after stripping her and her damsels of their silken apparel and clothing them in raiment of hair-cloth and bade him make three pairs of iron shackles when they were ready he brought the smith in to his wife having said to him put the shackles on the legs of these three slave-girls the first that came forward was zayn al-mawasif and when the blacksmith saw her his sense forsook him and he bit his finger-tips and his wit fled forth his head and his transport grew sore upon him so he said to the jew what is the crime of these damsels replied the other they are my slave-girls and have stolen my good and fled from me cried the smith allah disappoint thy jealous whims by the almighty were this girl before the kazi of kazis he would not even reprove her though she committed a thousand crimes a day indeed she showeth not thief's favour and she cannot brook the laying of irons on her legs and he asked him as a boon not to fetter her interceding with him to forbear the shackles when she saw the blacksmith taking her part in this wise she said to her husband i conjure thee by allah bring me not forth before yonder strange man said he why then camest thou forth before masrur and she made him no reply then he accepted the smith's intercession so far as to allow him to put a light pair of irons on her legs for that she had a delicate body which might not brook harsh usage whilst he laid her handmaids in heavy bilbos and they ceased not all three to wear hair-cloth night and day till their bodies became wasted and their colour changed as for the blacksmith exceeding love had fallen on his heart for zayn al-mawasif so he returned home in great concern and he fell to reciting extempore these couplets whither thy right o smith which made her bear those iron chains her hands and feet to wear thou hast ensoiled a lady soft and bright marvel of marvels fairest of fair hadst thou been just those anklets ne'er had been of iron nay of purest gold they were by allah did the kazis kazi cite her charms he'd seat her in the highest chair now it chanced that the kazi of kazis passed by the smith's house and heard him improvise these lines so he sent for him and as soon as he saw him said to him o blacksmith 
who is she on whom thou callest so instantly and eloquently and with whose love thy heart is fulfilled the smith sprang to his feet and kissing the judge's hand answered allah prolong the days of our lord the kazi and ample his life then he described to him zayn al-mawasif's beauty and loveliness brilliancy and perfection and symmetry and grace and how she was lovely faced and had a slender waist and heavily based and acquainted him with the sorry plight wherein she was for abasement and durance vile and the lack of victual when the kazi heard this he said o blacksmith send her to us and show her that we may do her justice for thou art become accountable for the damsel and unless thou guide her to us allah will punish thee at the day of doom i hear and obey replied the smith and betook himself without stay and delay to zayn al-mawasif's lodging but found the door barred and heard a voice of plaintive tone that came from heart forlorn and lone and it was zayn al-mawasif reciting these couplets i and my love in union were unite and filled my friend to me cups clearly bright between us reigned high mirth and jollity nor eve nor morn brought noyance or affright indeed we spent most joyous time with cup and lute and dulcimer to add delight till time estranged our fair companionship my lover went and blessing turned to blight oh would the severance raven's croak were stilled and union dawn of love show blessed light when the blacksmith heard this he wept like the weeping of the clouds then he knocked at the door and the women said who is at the door answered he tis i the blacksmith and told them what the kazi had said and how he would have them appear before him and make their complaint to him that he might do them justice on their adversary and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the eight hundred and fifty-eighth night she resumed it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the blacksmith told zayn al-mawasif what the kazi had said and how he summoned them that he might apply the lex talionis to their adversary she rejoined how can we go to him seeing the door is locked on us and our feet shackled and the jew hath the keys the smith replied i will make the keys for the padlocks and therewith open doors and shackles asked she but who will show us the kazi's house and he answered i will describe it to you she inquired but how can we appear before him clad as we are in haircloth reeking with sulphur and the smith rejoined the kazi will not reproach this to you considering your case so saying he went forthright and made keys for the padlocks wherewith he opened the door and the shackles and loosing the irons from their legs carried them forth and guided them to the kazi's mansion then hubbub did off the hair-cloth garments from her lady's body and carried her to the hammam where she bathed her and attired her in silk raiment and her colour returned to her now it happened by exceeding good fortune that her husband was abroad at a bride-feast in the house of one of the merchants so zayn al-mawasif the adornment of qualities adorned herself with the fairest ornaments and repaired to the kazi who at once on espying her rose to receive her she saluted him with softest speech and winsomest words shooting him through the vitals the while with the shafts of her glances and said may allah prolong the life of our lord the kazi and strengthen him to judge between man and man then she acquainted him with the affair of the blacksmith and how he had done nobly by them whenas the jew had inflicted on her and her women heart-confounding torments and how his victims deathwards he drave nor was there any found to save o oh, damsel quoth the kazi what is thy name 
my name is zayn al mawasif adornment of qualities and this my handmaid's name is hubbub thy name accordeth with the named and its sound conformeth with its sense whereupon she smiled and veiled her face and he said to her o zayn al mawasif hast thou a husband or not i have no husband and what is thy faith that of al islam and the religion of the best of men swear to me by holy law replete with signs and instances that thou ownest the creed of the best of mankind so she swore to him and pronounced the profession of the faith then asked the kazi how cometh it that thou wastest thy youth with this jew and she answered no o kazi may allah prolong thy days in contentment and bring thee to thy will and thine acts with benefit seal that my father left me after his death fifteen thousand dinars which he placed in the hands of this jew that he might trade therewith and share his gains with me the head of the property being secured by legal acknowledgment when my father died the jew coveted me and sought me in marriage of my mother who said how shall i drive her from her faith and cause to become a jewess by allah i will denounce thee to the rulers he was affrighted at her words and taking the money fled to the town of adan when we heard where he was we came to adan in search of him and when we foregathered with him there he told us that he was trading in stuffs with the monies and buying goods upon goods so we believed him and he ceased not to cozen us till he cast us into jail and fettered us and tortured us with exceeding sore torments and we are strangers in the land and have no helper save almighty allah and our lord the kazi when the judge heard this tale he asked hubbub the nurse is this indeed thy lady and are ye strangers and is she unmarried and she answered yes quoth he marry her to me and on me be incumbent manumission of my slaves and fasting and pilgrimage and almsgiving of all my good and i do you not justice on this dog and punish him for that he hath done and quoth she i hear and obey then said the kazi go hearten thy heart and that of thy lady and to-morrow inshallah i will send for this miscreant and do you justice on him and ye shall see prodigies of his punishment so hubbub called down blessings upon him and went forth from him with her mistress leaving him with passion and love-longing fraught and with distress and desire distraught then they inquired for the house of the second kazi and presenting themselves before him told him the same tale on likewise did the twain mistress and maid with the third and the fourth till zayn al-mawasif had made her complaint to all the four kazis each of whom fell in love with her and besought her to wed him to which she consented with a yes nor wist any one of the four that which had happened to the others all this passed without the knowledge of the jew who spent the night in the house of the bride-feast and when morning morrowed hubbub arose and got ready her lady's richest raiment then she clad her therewith and presented herself with her before the four kazis in the court of justice as soon as she entered she veiled her face and saluted the judges who returned her salam and each and every of them recognized her one was writing the reed-pen dropped from his hand another was talking and his tongue became tied and a third was reckoning and blundered in his reckoning and they said to her o oh, admirable of attributes and singular among beauties be not thy heart other than hearty for we will assuredly do thee justice and bring thee to thy desire so she called down blessings on them and farewelled them and went her ways and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of section twenty nine
Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State.